Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. Thanks for checking out another Mental Health Monday. My name is Riggs from Riggs and Alley on 103.7 KISS FM. This week, my guest for Mental Health Monday is Patrick Schultz. He works with Milwaukee Counselor. He's a licensed professional counselor through the state of Wisconsin, and he's also a nationally certified counselor through the National Board for Certified Counselors. Uh, with him, he works with couples. He does individual therapy, and he also does a lot of trauma-focused therapy to address and process symptoms of PTSD, violence, sexual trauma, and other trauma. But uh, this week, I wanted to pick Patrick's brain about suicide, being that September is National Suicide Prevention Month. How you approach somebody who may be thinking about suicide. How do you deal with life after someone you know or someone you love takes their own life? What do you do? How do you react? How do you move forward? It's all possible, and we'll discuss it all this week with Patrick Schultz for Mental Health Monday. Being that it's September, it's uh, Suicide Prevention Month. Um, I wanted to talk to you. Obviously, you're a counselor, so you deal with a lot of crisis management and uh, people's feelings and emotions and mental health and um, suicide. Mm-hmm. Some people haven't dealt with a suicide before. It's foreign to a lot of people. Uh, I, mean, I lost an uncle probably a year and a half ago. The last week, I lost a coworker. Some people haven't even dealt with it before. So what would somebody, what's some advice to somebody when they first find out that someone took their own life? Well, first off, my condolences for your loss. I mean, oh, thank you. suicide is never an easy thing to, to go through, be it, you know, friends, family, significant others, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And it's, it's often overlooked and it's the one area that most people are afraid to talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I want to, I guess, put this out there. The very first thing that everybody says is, well, if, if somebody is suicidal or if I know that they're really depressed or they have problems, should I even ask them if they're planning on hurting themselves? Because I don't want to give them the idea to commit suicide and, mm-hmm. and have something happen. Misconception. And it's one of the biggest myths out there. I mean, the, the best thing you can do is to ask. I mean, just be very point blank and honest and just ask, Hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Are you feeling like you want to hurt yourself? Do you, do you want to die? And just open that dialogue because as soon as you take away the the fear of that, that gives that person, you know, kind of carte blanche to open up to you and and let, let you know really how you're doing. And what about from a standpoint of I'm somebody and I just lost a friend to suicide. I had no idea Mm -hmm. it completely out of left field. 
how do you what do you tell somebody how do they how do they process that what's a good way for somebody to start dealing with that because it's different than a car accident or a cancer heart failure heart attack mm-hmm. even i mean those are somewhat rational you can you can point a blame to something almost right so what do you tell to somebody that's never had that happen to him before and it's that's a tough one i mean I, I think really the best thing to do is just ask hey what do you need from me right now and you know just let that person talk because there's going to be confusion there's going to be questions there's going to be that almost a sense of guilt of you know did i miss something is there something i should have done yeah. well, you know, what could i have done earlier you know and you start racking your brain trying to figure out where you went wrong yeah and it's not anything that anybody does. It's a very personal decision by that individual. And I, I hate to say it, but it's also a very selfish decision as well. Yeah. Because in that moment, the person's thinking about their own torture and their own suffering. Right. And they don't see how it would potentially affect those people around them. The permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's one of my favorite phrases. Yeah. Yep. And I kept saying that a lot this week. Um, I guess another thing is the self-blaming that you were just talking about. I went through a lot of that. I'm still going through that right now. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the natural things because you want to look back and find out different points where I could have done something differently. But right. I think it's good to know that you couldn't have done anything. And then that's the And exact you did point. everything that you really could. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to feel guilty for that. I think. I think you hit it right on the head. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most often those things are not expected. I mean, no. you, you, you never know when someone is actually going to act on those thoughts and commit suicide. And most of the time they're not telling you. Right. Everybody pictures someone in you know the deep, dark depression that they just can't get out of bed. And that's when they decide to kill themselves. And that is not actually accurate. The, the time that they follow through on that is actually when they seem to be doing better. They may be more social. They're getting out more. They're light. They're bright. They're happy or at least as, as happy as what they can put on the face of. Yeah. But that's really when they find the motivation and the desire to actually follow through on that. Right. Um, so somebody that's feeling suicidal or somebody that's thinking they're having those dark thoughts and they're thinking about going to that place, mm-hmm. what do you tell to somebody like that? You know somebody that's been down. They've been reserved. They've not been hanging out with you as much as, as normal. You can tell something's off with them. Mm-hmm. And what's a good way to approach this person? Well, Obviously, you said that the point blank questions like earlier, but it, the- it's very different if it's for a client that I'm working with versus you know a family member or a friend or something like that. So I mean, if we're speaking off the cuff and it's just you know an acquaintance of mine and somebody that I'm I'm close to, it would be a very candid conversation of you know, hey, what's going on? You've pulled away more. You're not as as open as what you were. I feel like we haven't talked lately. Are you okay? And just see where they're at and then you just keep talking to them and keep talking to them and don't stop that dialogue even if you feel like you're rambling and just kind of talking in circles keeping the lines of communication open is the biggest piece of it yeah um as soon as we close that door and we say okay well you know thanks for at least listening and and being there then that's when things can start to happen right why do you think that ever why do you think there's such a shame behind it because I've, I've even noticed with our coworker that that lost his life to suicide, mm-hmm. there wasn't any sort of notification in the building. I mean, we got an email about a coworker that passed away that used to work at our station 30 years ago, but somebody that worked there a year and a half ago that just lost their life to suicide. Nobody even notified our building. I mean, why is mm-hmm. there that shame? I had to be the one to do it, but nobody did. Why is there such a shame behind suicide? What do you, why do you feel as a counselor? I think it goes back to just the whole shame and, and stigma surrounding mental health as a whole, and suicide is such a taboo topic. Um, and, and mental health is too. It's one of it's kind of the silent disease that nobody can really see. 
Um, I mean, if you're dealing with depression and anxiety, you don't have scars or you're not losing your hair as someone is, you know, undergoing chemotherapy and, yeah. and things like that. So nobody can really see that you're actually struggling and what the, the issue is. So they don't know how to even begin to talk about it yeah. because it's it's not visible. I mean, if somebody has a, you know, broke their leg and is in a cast, you can see that and you can empathize with, yeah, that must really hurt and you've lost some mobility. Yeah. But if somebody is internally struggling, that, that makes it totally different. Right. And part of it is just beginning to overcome that idea that it, it can't be talked about, it shouldn't be talked about, because right. it's one of the top five leading causes of death now in the United States, you know, even surpassing, you know, some very common, you know, like coronary artery disease and things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely up there. Are there things to avoid when talking about suicide? Because you did say that the point blank questions that have you thought about taking your life, those are actually can be beneficial questions to ask because you get it out in the open you're blunt about it are there things to avoid to talk about like methods nope. things like that the more details that you can have the better informed you're going to be really and the more you can reach out to help that person right um ask the same question five six different times ask it five six different ways you may sound like a broken record and you feel like you're annoying the person but they want you to ask yeah they're not telling you all these things because they don't want you to ask they want you to keep talking them through it so they can decide that you know this really isn't an option or for you to intervene and help them in a decision that they can't help themselves with right so ask about it ask about you know have you thought about ways to do it have you started doing anything to prepare to to end your life i mean you know the giving away of possessions is a big one and kind of writing you know farewell notes and just final text messages or you know facebook posts facebook posting you know i'll see you guys later or you know talk to you you know at some point in the future you know things like that are if it seems a little off go with that gut feeling and and ask more do you think facebook plays a big role in some suicides i think social media in general really it does and in 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 a variety of different ways i mean Mm -hmm. it, it sensationalizes it a little bit unfortunately um especially people that you know live stream suicides and things like that that it tends to add into like copycat suicides where then, you know, within the surrounding communities and neighborhoods, you'll see a rash of people that are now doing the exact same thing. Um, so it definitely plays a negative, uh, negative role in that. Um, but I also think it can be used for a very, very good way of spreading awareness very much as, as you guys have done and just, you know, being very candid about, hey, this is how it affects me. This is how I'm struggling. Yeah. And just opening that dialogue because that's what helps break down the walls, that breaks down the stigma that this is not okay. Right. Survivors of suicide, what are, what's a good step for them? I, I, for me, it was going to a group therapy. I went to a group <laughs> of survivors of suicide. So everybody in that room has kind of been where I've been. Not on my level. I lost an uncle and I lost a friend. So I'm sitting around people that have lost husbands and wives and children and <laughs> mothers and fathers. So... I've always thought that's a good way. Are there any other ways that people can kind of reach out after a suicide once they've been impacted by it? Um, I, you know, group therapy is, is definitely a good thing. Um, I, I think having like-minded people and who have had a similar experience can definitely help. Um, reaching out to those people that are closest to you and just letting them know how you're doing and you know what you need. You're going to go through the stages of grief just like anybody else does. I mean, you're going to be angry. You're going to be bargaining, you know, wishing that, you know, something could change. You know, you would do anything to have that person come back and, and you would give anything to make it be different. You know, all those those phases that anybody that loses a loved one just to natural death, you're, you're going to go through or loved ones are going to go through. And just giving yourself the time. I think it's also important to follow up on the are you okay? Because a lot of people are there right when it happens. Mm-hmm. There's the funeral and there's that that moment right around this like an afterglow when there's a lot of sadness and it's just happened and it's really raw and people are I'm going to be there for you I'm there for you whatever you need and then it kind of tapers off so right. 
I think there's some consistency that should be there as well. Absolutely. If you're consoling somebody and being there for somebody, mm-hmm. either after they've lost somebody from suicide or if you think they may be suicidal or have these dark thoughts, mm-hmm. is making sure that you're consistently there for them and you mean it and you're not just going, hey, how you doing? All right. right. See you. Bye. Yeah, and I mean, generally what tends to happen is people ask how you're doing and you really not you, you really don't want to know how they're doing. It's just the, the societal nicety that you have to have is, you know, good morning, how are you? How was your day? Right. Type of thing. You don't really even listen to the answer. Yeah. So be committed to, you know, being there and, you know, I'm here, anything you need, call me, text me, whatever it is, I'll, I'll be around. And give them the option to to get in touch with you because that's what can be helpful. Another uh, the resource, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, uh, mm-hmm. 1-800-273-8255. Uh, that's not just for if you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I know this, a lot of people don't know it's for if you have a friend that you may be concerned about. Right. They're good about giving you answers, giving you information, giving you questions to ask mm-hmm. to kind of walk you through the process because it can be scary. Absolutely. Talking to somebody that may be suicidal, it really can be. There's also a, there's a crisis text line. Uh, you can text hello to 741-741. That's not just for suicide. That's for any sort of crisis, but you could mm-hmm. look into that. And then you said there's a local one as well. Yeah, there's uh, there's the Cope Hotline that's located in Ozaki County but uh-huh. serves the you know, state of Wisconsin as a whole. And that phone number is 262 377 Two six seven three again two six two three seven seven two six seven three. They do have a chat option as well, I believe, on their website. So yeah. if somebody is in a position that they don't want to talk on the phone and just want to do it by computer or text message, I believe that is an option as well. Who is that run by? Do you know? How um, top of your I head? think it's by Cope Services. It's a, a nonprofit organization, if I remember correctly. Okay. And um, can somebody who's going through something like that come to you? Is that something the Milwaukee Counselor can help out with? Absolutely. As far and as I would encourage anybody who's struggling with suicidal thoughts to you know reach out to someone, you know, be it a, a counselor, social worker. Um, if you're really, really struggling and stuck in it, and in that moment feeling very unsafe, your best option would be go to your nearest emergency room. You know, they have you know psychiatric technicians that are trained on how to ask those questions and help keep you safe and, and just provide kind of that security blanket for you. Yeah, because you're not alone and people do care about you. They really do. So, Patrick Schultz, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate talking about it. Thank you for having me. Especially for Suicide Prevention Month. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks. again to Patrick Schultz, our guest this week for Mental Health Monday. You can reach out to him at milwaukeecounselor.com. That's his website. If you need help, you know someone that needs help, find help for yourself. Find help for them. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. You can also text HELLO to 741-741. That's the Crisis Prevention Text Line. While I still have your somewhat undivided attention, I hope, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention hosts many an out-of-the-darkness walk. There's lots of walks to help fight suicide, stop the stigma around suicide. Uh, You can find any of the local out-of-the-darkness walks. Sometimes there are even some walks around the country that start at night and end in the morning and they're like an overnight walk so you're literally walking out of the darkness but there's lots of community walks there's one in Bayview at Humboldt Park in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on October 14th I am the co-chair for that one but wherever you're listening if you go to AFSP.org you can find a place where you can get in touch with people and be in a community of people who have been impacted by suicide and uh, help stop the stigma around it thanks again for checking out another Mental Health Monday. You enjoy the rest of your week, your nights, your afternoon, your morning, whatever it is you're doing. This is a Riggs Off the Radio production, Mental Health Monday. I'm Riggs, and I'll talk to you next time. And always remember, make good life decisions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.